because it is already Friday, this week, I will not be going into as much the text as I would like. I will mostly be saying what I remember from memory about the story of Yehuda, a story which to me is a story of the utmost growth starting from the deepest pit, the deepest pit which one can find oneself in, of selfishness, and going on, and growing, and growing from one's selfishness to being selfless. The story of Yehuda is a story we should all think about greatly, for Yehuda is the father of Jewish kings. Yehuda is the father of David HaMelech. Yehuda is the father of the Mashiach. And we are all lucky to be his brethren. But looking at the text, the first encounter we see with Yehuda comes from the story of the sale of Yosef. The sale of Yosef, while it happened in last week's Parsha, is a very complicated story indeed. But I am going to assume that you know the basic facts. Yosef had dreams of dominion over his brothers. Yosef was the father's favorite, was Yaakov's favorite. And the brothers envied him and really despised him. Yosef would bring bad reports about his brothers to Yaakov. And the brothers grew to hate him more and more. Yosef had a special coat. Yosef was the beloved. And the brothers hated him more and more. One day, Yaakov asks Yosef to find his brothers. And Yosef goes in search for them. Finally, when Yosef reaches their location, he starts to approach them. The brothers, all looking at Yosef with contempt, say, Oh, look, here comes that dreamer. Let's just, let's get rid of him once and for all. Let's throw his carcass into a pit. Let us kill him and throw him into a pit. Now, of course, hearing the surface details, it is a very difficult thing to swallow. And honestly, through all my years of yeshiva, I never really heard an answer that I, that settled with me, except for the answer that at that moment the brothers weren't righteous. That is just the opinion that makes sense to me. There are many more. But this is the story of Yosef. We are focusing on the story of Yehuda. Let us look at what happens in the text when the brothers want to sell Yosef. At first, Reuven says, Reuven is the firstborn. He says, do not do anything to the lad, for if something happens to him, what will become of me? Just throw him into the pit and do not kill him. For some reason, Reuven, after saying this, seems to disappear from the group of brothers. And while Reuven is gone, Yehuda seizes the opportunity to be the firstborn, to be the leader. Yehuda was the one who suggested that they throw Yosef in, that they take Yosef out of the pit, I apologize, and that they sell him to the incoming caravan of Midianites or Yishmaelim. The story there is a little bit complicated but irrelevant to us right now. 
Yehuda was the one who suggested the sale of Yosef. Yehuda was the one who sold his brother. Now, after this, we see that Yosef is indeed sold. Murky details, of course, but sold regardless. It seems later on that he believes that he was kidnapped, but that is also beside the point. But it is clear that Yehuda was very intent on selling him and making some money off of him. As Yehuda says, let us sell him. After all, he is our own flesh and blood. Of what use will he be in a pit? Let us sell him. And some commentators say that Yehuda was the one who dipped his coat, who dipped Yosef's coke in blood, and asked his father, "Let me ask you, father, this bloody tunic, this bloody coat, do you recognize it? Is this your son's coat? Please tell me if you recognize it." Although the verses do not specify who said that, some commentaries hold that it was Yehuda himself. And Yaakov, the inconsolable father, says, I will go down into my grave weeping for my son Yosef. Yehuda, seemingly, was the one who really caused his father all the hurt just now. Now I am not saying that it was only his fault, all the other brothers were on board besides Reuven, it seems like. Some say it was just Shimon and Levi. But from the clear text, Yehuda was the one who got him sold. And immediately after this, immediately after Yaakov's inconsolation, Yehuda just leaves his family. And he settles in a place called Adullam. He marries there, a woman called Bathshua, the daughter of Shua. He finds a friend there named Chira, who he becomes a shepherd with, or an overseer of shepherds. Yehuda becomes very wealthy. Yehuda's wife, Batshua, gives birth to three children, to Er, to Onan, and I forget the last child's name. And Yehuda, as he is, when he gives, uh, when his wife gives birth to Er and Onan and the third child, after some time passes and when they are old enough, Yehuda finds a wife for his son Er, named Tamar. Now, it says that Er was very evil in the eyes of God, and God had decreed his death, Lahamitot, his death. And so Yehuda tells his second son, Onan, he says, Go and fulfill the obligation of Yabum, of Yibum, to your brother, and take care of your, his wife, so that his, his name may live through you. And it says that Onan did not want to have his brother's name live on through him, and that he wasted his seed, and that he too was decreed by God to have died. Yehuda then says to Tamar, the twice-widowed daughter-in-law, wait until my son, my third son, grows older, grows old enough to marry, and then... Let him be your husband. Now, whether Yehuda ever intended on fulfilling his promise is unclear. But we see so far the recap of Yehuda's life is the one who sold his brother, 
the one who caused his father, most likely, inconsolable pain. The one who ran away after his father was inconsolable. The one who now lost two children of his own, perhaps almost paralleling the children he caused his father to lose. The child he caused his father to lose, I apologize. And now, continuing on from that point, Yehuda's wife, Batshua, dies. He says he goes to a city called Timna to be comforted, to look over his sheep, his shepherds. But what's interesting is, Tamar, his daughter-in-law, the twice-widowed daughter-in-law, hears that Yehuda is coming to Timna to look over the sheep, to look over the shepherds. And she takes off her widow's garb. She puts on a cloak of prostitution. And she waits by the public roads from which travelers come for Yehuda in an attempt to seduce him. When Yehuda sees her, he has some incontrollable urge to sleep with her. And Yehuda asks her what her wage is. Yehuda, I apologize, approaches her, and she tells him, What will you give me for being with me? And he says, I will send you a kid from the flock. And she said, How do I know you're really going to do that? Give me collateral. And he said, What would you like as collateral? And Tamar says, Give me your shepherd's crook, meaning your staff. Give me your cloak and give me your ring. Yehuda gives her all three in some kind of lustful passion. Yehuda then sleeps with her. And it says Yehuda was consoled after his wife's death. So just to recap, this is immediately after his wife's death that he sleeps with Tamar, his twice widowed daughter-in-law, whom he does not recognize and thinks is a harlot. So far, the story of Yehuda is very perplexing. It does not seem like he has done too much growth just yet. Now comes a very unique turning point in Yehuda's life. Yehuda was told, after searching for the harlot to give her her wage, and not being able to find her. He was told, Yehuda, your daughter-in-law, Tamar, has been playing the harlot. She has been prostituting herself to people all over town, or to people. It simply says she has been prostituting herself. I apologize for that embellishment. And Yehuda says, bring her out and burn her. Have her have a public burning. Very, very intense words. And when Tamar is found, she plays a little politics with Yehuda and says, I will show you with whom I have been prostituting myself. And she sends to him his cloak, his shepherd's crook, and his ring. Yehuda realizes that these things are 
clearly identifiable with him. But instead of avoiding responsibility, Yehuda admits he was flawed and that she is more righteous than he. He says this is because he did not fulfill his promise of giving her his son. He takes accountability. For the first time, Yehuda succumbs to virtue. This is where the story of Yehuda ends in this Parsha. But the story continues until today. Hopefully we will catch up next week. I hope that you enjoyed it.